Okay, this is so much harder than I expected. <clears throat> um, hello, and welcome to the test slash pilot slash episode one episode of the Gory Gossip podcast. I am your host, Michael Amaral. And if you're listening to this, that means I made it through this weird, awkward experience of talking to myself in my living room like a psychopath. Um, thank you for joining me on this uh, task that I've set myself up with um, of just watching and enjoying horror movies. Um, a little intro to this podcast and why I'm even doing this and why I'm torturing myself like this. Um, well, first of all, I'm bored out of my mind in these times of social distancing and quarantining. Um, I'm slowly losing my mind, so I just needed to do something. And if there's anyone that listened to the Cinesnobcast, they know that I actually just enjoy talking about movies. So that's why I'm doing this. And if you listen to the Cinesnobcast, you know that I talked about horror for most of the time. So I figured, why not just talk about horror all the time? And that's what I've tasked myself to do with this podcast. Um, the goals, some of the goals that I want to achieve with this. Um, I just, I have a backlog of way too many movies, way too many horror movies, and I just want to get to them. And now I have a reason to get to them because I can talk about them afterwards to people if anyone's even listening or will listen. Um, and I want to create kind of a positive um, vibe with celebrating horror with other people and hopefully we can catch up on these backlogs together because I know everyone else out there has been meaning to watch a lot of movies and just don't have time but now we have time so we're gonna do it um, I'm doing this solo for now I'm hoping to bring a co-host on at some point I actually I don't know I don't know if I want to bring a co-host on. I might just do this solo and just have like um, weekly callers or, or something like that. I had an idea where I want to do like a, I want to announce the movie that I'm going to be covering for the following week's podcast. So then people can watch the same movie, get on Letterboxd, uh, write a review for it. And then um after I do my review and what I took away from it and stuff like that, I want to read uh, listeners' letterboxed reviews. I think that would be cool. Or just even um, listeners that want to call in can reach out and we can set something up and do weekly call-ins and stuff. Uh, and they can talk about um, what they got and their review of a horror movie. Um, and like I said, I want to create a community. I think it'd be cool to create kind of a small community to celebrate horror and, and even argue about passionate opinions that we have on specific horror movies, because I know, um, I like a lot of horror movies that other people don't like. And I know a lot of people that like eighties horror and hate, and some people that hate eighties horror. So it'd be cool to get, um, a variety of different opinions. And I just want to be able to talk about it and, and, bring the conversation up. Um, I don't want this to be another typical horror movie, you know, review a different movie every week and call it a day. I think that's kind of boring. So, um, 
yeah, I guess we'll see where it goes. I get and and the formula I kind of want to have today and and for most weeks until this kind of gets going is, um, I'm just gonna watch something every week and come on and talk about it. Um, pretty much review it, what I liked, what I didn't like, and then cover a little bit of news of what's going on in the horror world, because that's always fun. Um, all right, so there's my intro. I got through it. It only took like five tries, but I, but I did it. Um, so let's get to the movie that I chose to cover for this pilot episode. Um, I was thinking about it and I was like, it's gotta be a good one. And it's gotta be one that most people have probably seen. If they're listening to this and they like horror, they've probably seen this movie and I'm an idiot and I had never seen this and I've been told to watch it a hundred times. Um, and also in honor of Resident Evil 3 remake coming out in like two days comes out Friday um I wanted to pick a zombie flick so I picked the beyond uh, 1981 zombie Italian gore fest uh horror movie directed by Lucio Fulci um and man this was a pretty fun movie um I found myself laughing at a lot of stuff but you know, 80s, 80s horror definitely uh, hasn't aged as well as most things, especially low-budget 80s horror. But, I, man, I love Italian horror because um, it's just very different and so stylized. And I just, I, I don't know, I really liked it. So, uh, like I said, directed by Lucio Fulci. Um, and this stars Catriona McCall. My call as Lisa Merrill, um, who is the main character of this film, and and actually did a pretty decent job. Um, probably one of the only native English speaking characters in the in the whole film. Um, so what what I didn't what I'm gonna go through what I didn't like first. What I didn't like about this movie, and it's a big one. Um, it made no sense. <laughs> so the the story. Let me read this synopsis real quick. Uh, a young woman inherits an old hotel in Louisiana, where, following a series of supernatural accidents, she learns that the building was built over one of the entrances of hell. So just reading that it sounds pretty cool. Uh, it's definitely intriguing, and, it, and it's a cool story. Uh, the execution is where I think it lacked a little bit in the sense that like exposition was non-existent. Um, the story didn't really make any sense. It was just kind of a bunch of random things that happened. Um, and at the end there was a gateway to hell and zombies came and they had to kill them all. So the movie made no sense. No, no exposition. Um, and like all these Italian horror movies, the English dubbing is always brutal and cringy and rough, but it doesn't bother me so much. I got through it and I can get through it cause I've watched so many of like Argento's films and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that was really the the biggest and, and most jarring thing that popped out to me that I didn't really enjoy was that the movie, um, on a like foundational level, didn't make any sense. But granted that, what I did like, and there are a lot of things I actually did like about this movie, um, is that it felt very Hitchcockian and Argento in terms of style. Um, you know, the cinematography was great. Um, a lot of eye horror 
a lot of um i mean that's where the argento stuff kind of popped out at me and just over the top gross uh bloody horror with really interesting and disgusting sound design um the gore effects were great and and how low budget this movie was these were some some significant gore effects that i even i was like wow that's pretty mind-blowing that they they were able to do that in 81 um and truly terrifying imagery because this movie made no sense it just went from from one scene to the next of just weird scary shit that was actually pretty terrifying for a really low budget uh, 1981 horror movie um to accommodate that was some pretty cool and and dynamic atmospheric cinematography uh there's a lot of these really interesting dollies and tracking shots that i really didn't expect it was very modern ahead of its time um but going back to these ridiculous gore effects there's two scenes i want to talk about and one is a spider scene where one <laughs> one of the main characters i don't know who the main character I, I don't know any of these people's names in this movie this is what i mean it didn't really this isn't a movie where you remember character names or character development or that there aren't you know serious uh character arcs or anything like that so i don't remember the guy's name that this happened to but he fell off he was in a library and he fell off a ladder and all of a sudden, all these, like, spiders come out of this sewer, a grate. And, like, half of them are fake and half of them are real. And you can see the fake ones in the background that are just, like, kind of weirdly moving. And for, like, five minutes, these spiders just crawl over this guy and start, like, eating his eyeballs and his and his tongue and his, like, just ridiculous gore effects. So that was a pretty intense scene. And I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Um... And then there's a dog scene where our one of our protagonists, Emily, she's she's blind and really creepy, um, is at home and all these zombies like surround her, and she, I guess I guess this is like the famous part of this movie where she um, orders the the dog to go attack these zombies and she says uh, attack Dickie or something like that. She just yells that over and over again. So that was a pretty intense scene. And then the dog like turns on her and eats her neck. And that was pretty intense. Um, so those are the two scenes that really stood out to me in this, in, in this film, uh, the score reminded me a lot of, uh, Argento and Goblin. I would say it's on par with like that good of a score, you know, I wouldn't say it's as good, but it, it's up there. Um, and also I actually had to Google this because the zombie, the zombie sound design of like the actual noise that zombies made in this in this movie reminded me so much of like the original uh, Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2 sound design of those zombies and I googled it and it, I couldn't find anything about it but even the way they shuffled and like the footstep sound I don't know if they um if Resident Evil was inspired by it but it definitely sounded like they took it straight from the movie and put it in the video game the only thing I found that Resident Evil was inspired by was the movie Zombie. Nothing about um, the Beyond, but I thought it was interesting and that kind of stood out to me. Um, but overall, I thought the Beyond was a pretty fun movie, and I'm surprised it took me this long to watch it because I was huge into. If anyone knows me, they know that I was huge into zombie films um, a few years ago, and I was watching all of them, and I don't know how I missed this one. Uh, it's it's definitely one to to check out if you haven't seen it um 
be prepared for just nonsensical plot, but with crazy good um, gore and um, gore effects and a great score um, and some shitty English overdubs. So yeah, The Beyond, check it out. I would say I, I recommend it. Gory Gossip recommended number one. Um, and if you've seen it, let me know. Tweet at me. Let me know what you thought about it. And this is what I mean. I would love to like read people's, I, I would love to read listeners like letterboxed reviews here. This would be a great point in this podcast to do this. So I think that's what I'm going to do. But this is, this is episode one. We're in, we're in this podcast's infancy. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I feel like I blew through that review really fast. Okay, let's get to some news, and we'll call it a night. It's going to be a short episode. I don't know how long I want to make these episodes. I think like 30 minutes to like 30 to 45 minutes should be fine. I don't know. I think that's what I'm going to do. Like 30 minutes. Um, all right, let's get to some news. Most of this is going to come from Buddy Disgusting because they're the most reliable and, um, you know, they're on top of it. They know what they're doing. So I think I'm going to take... I mean, all these all these stories that I have tonight are from Buddy Disgusting. So I'm just going to go through the ones that interested me uh, the most. Um, 1980s arcade game Dragon's Lair is getting a live-action film from Netflix with uh, scary, story, scary stories to tell in the dark writers. Uh, Dragon's Lair is a cool game. I'm actually kind of excited to see what they do with this. Um, there are reports that Ryan Reynolds is in talks to star in the film, uh, which is going to be penned by Dan and Kevin Hageman, who did the Lego movie and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, which the wiki explains game's plot. Protagonist Dirk the Daring is a knight attempting to rescue Princess Daphne from the evil dragon Singe, who has locked the princess in the foul wizard Mordok's castle. Uh, yeah, it has, I think this has some decent potential to be kind of creepy because even the game animation is, is kind of scary and this definitely has potential to be, um, pretty intense and I'm looking forward to it. Um, Netflix announces that Castlevania has been renewed for a fourth season. Thank fucking God, because Castlevania is amazing. Season three just came out. I watched it in like two or three days and it was great. Uh, I don't think it was my favorite season. I think season two was my favorite, but, um, no, I'm excited that Netflix just keeps going with Castlevania because the show is, is incredibly good and uh, I'm hoping season four comes out soon. Uh, they don't have any premiere date or anything like that, but let's hope it comes out soon. Cause I love me some Castlevania. Uh, and what I didn't love is Lock and Key, but they're somehow making a second season of it, and I don't know how or why, because season one was so off its source material, I don't know how anyone could have enjoyed it that much. <laughs> uh, so I read all the graphic novels by Joe Hill, and they're incredible, they're some of my favorite graphic novels I've ever read. Uh, Lock and Key is a very dark, crazy, original, creative story, and it's something that I had never seen or, or would even think about, thought I needed, but I, I did love it, 
and I was really excited when the show got announced and even the trailer looked great. Then I watched the show and I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Uh, the writing is really rough. They totally strayed from the source material and the acting was even worse. Um, the kid that plays Georgie in it, his name's Jackson Robert Scott. I know he's young, but they casted him as a uh, Bodie and man, every time he was on screen, it was, it was rough. And they finished the entire graphic novel series in one season. I don't know why, or, or I don't know why they did that, but they did. So I don't even know what the, where they're going with season two. I'm very shocked by this, um, but I guess we'll see. Lock and key season. If you liked it, good on you. You're getting a second season. Um, Ghostbusters and Morbius is getting pushed to March 2021, which is no surprise. Everything's getting pushed because of COVID-19. Uh, the film industry is pretty much just shut down right now. Um, so the new release dates, Ghostbusters will be March 5th, 2021 and Morbius, um, March 19th, 2021, uh, which I'm both pretty excited for. I think the first trailer for Morbius looked interesting and Ghostbusters. I mean, I'm not a big fan of reboots or remakes or anything like that, but I think Ghostbusters, um, from the teaser that came out, seemed like they were getting the tone right uh, and they were going to do it looks like they're going to do a good job and I hope they do because I love me some Ghostbusters uh, and some recent news this stuff actually came out today uh, an officially licensed Friday the 13th horror at Camp Crystal Lake board game is coming this summer I thought this was an April Fool's joke to be honest but uh, it's actually happening and I'm excited. I love me some tabletop games and I love me some Friday the 13th and this looks pretty cool. So I'll probably pick this up. And I mean, the content is unlimited for this podcast. We can do freaking live Friday the 13th sessions. Like we can do anything. Um, This game in this anxiety-driven, press-your-luck horror game, players take on the roles of cliché camp counselors like the stereotypical nerd, the partier, the nice guy, the final girl, the diva, and the jock, and they must rely on chance and strategies to survive five nights being terrorized by bloodthirsty Jason. Uh, full game contents include six player boards, one cabin board, ten critical supply cards, six backpack cards, 64 fear cards, 88 blood spatter tokens, six escape tokens, six player tokens, one night tracker, 67 supply tokens, one camp bag, one rule book, and it will be $30 coming out this summer. Looks interesting. Looks pretty cool. I will probably pick it up. Um, speaking of Resident Evil, uh, it's coming out April 3rd, which is this Friday. I'm hoping COVID-19 doesn't delay the shipping I got it through Target, and it says it's going to be here April 6th. I hope it comes sooner on the release date. COVID-19 is not an excuse. I want my damn Resident Evil. But in other news, um, the Netflix series, the Resident Evil Netflix series is 
uh, officially in limbo. Um, Constantin Film has quietly been developing Resident Evil series for Netflix with reports alleging a June start was in the cards. Now with the coronavirus forcing worldwide shutdown, it appears that Resident Evil is now in limbo. Depending on how you read the following interview with Martin Moskowitz. Moskowitz? Yeah. Uh, We had a shutdown over 30 shows altogether, mainly stuff done in Germany and in Czech Republic and Romania. Uh, Our offices are pretty much closed with very, very few people working who are not necessary. So accounting, basically. But we are shut down on a worldwide level. Uh, So we're not going to see a Resident Evil show for a little while. And I was... I'm kind of bummed because I want them to do Resident Evil right. It's one of my favorite game series. And the movies are a embarrassment and i was hoping netflix would do it right so we're gonna have to wait uh coming up next watchman director stephen williams boards a mysterious universal monster movie it's called don't go in the water um just kind of interesting uh it's described as a suspenseful uh monster movie i'm not a big fan of like underwater shark and shit like that movies but uh if they're marketing it as a universal movie monster no yeah universal movie monster then that's that's kind of cool we'll see how that goes and uh watchmen was freaking incredible so i have faith um starting today it's april 1st april fool's day Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space has crash-landed on Netflix today. If you haven't seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, (laughs) stop what you're doing and watch that now. It's the weirdest, craziest movie and actually kind of really terrifying. Um, I hate clowns. I think they're terrifying. So when I watched this, it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. But then when I watched it again recently, it's just, it's fun. Uh, But it's on Netflix. You can check it out. And I suggest to check it out. Um, so that'll do it. That'll be all the news. That's this test episode of, of gory gossip. I don't really know what else to talk about. These are probably going to be shorter episodes because I'm doing this by myself. Uh, and I don't have anyone to bounce stuff off of. And like I said, I don't know if I want to do a permanent co-host. Um, or just do weekly call-ins and guests and stuff like that. I don't know. This We're going to take this week by week. Uh, if you have any suggestions for what movie I should watch next week, let me know. Tweet at me. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing yet. Uh, but it should be fun. Oh, and also, starting Thursday on Shudder, they're doing a show called Cursed Films, which looks really cool. Um, it's kind of a, like a documentary show about all the movie sets that were uh, presumably cursed. And haunted like the uh, exorcist is is episode one so by the time this is out and you're listening to this it'll be out and you should check it out because it looks really cool all right cool so we got through episode one um thank you for listening let me know what you think if you have any suggestions tweet at me i'm up open to anything and uh we'll see how this goes thank you see you guys next week